Thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Fabio Berbedo, CEO of 25-year-old Brazil-based contemporary fashion brand, Farm Rio. Though launched in 1997, Farm Rio seems made for the times, and maybe Harry Styles, some of the pieces anyway, <laughs> with dressing for <laughs> happiness and prioritizing sustainability at its core. I wanted to ask Fabio how the company has leaned into its current strengths and how it's been growing its customer base in the U.S. I know there are new stores. Welcome, Fabio. Thank you so much, Jill. Thank you for having me here. Thanks uh, for pleasure. being here. Oh, thank you. Of course. Well, you're not based in Brazil, yeah? Are you in New York? Well, I'm traveling quite a bit, actually. Um, I'm based in New York. I spent a lot of time in Europe this year, and I'm now in Brazil waiting for my second child to get born. So... Uh, hey, it's, been a, it's been a fun year, I would say. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Well, let's talk about your your own personal history before we get into Farm Rio and all that the brand is and stands for. But I know you've been with the company, which there's a parent company involved here. Is it pronounced Soma? Yes, exactly. Yes, um, uh, my, my background is pretty much in business management. Uh, that's what I majored in and, and that's what I worked on before joining uh, Soma Group. Uh, the parent company uh, uh, that I joined, uh, which I joined in 2013. So it's been about nine years uh, since I joined the, the company. I worked for the first three or four years in uh, all sorts of areas uh, over there. I mean, all the, the group was formed from the, the merger of Farm, uh, Farm Rio, and another big Brazilian brand called Animale, uh, which they, they merged together. They didn't have any outside investors and they went together. They went all the way up to, to their IPO uh, two years ago, uh, which is pretty amazing, uh, led by the founders themselves all, all the way through, uh, who are still very much in the business. So I'm, back then I worked in all sorts of areas, uh, finance, HR, strategic planning. I can say I did it all almost uh, before uh, moving st uh, strictly to farm uh, in 2016. Um, I worked for a couple of years together with the founders, uh, Kach and Marcelo, uh, who Kach is the, the creative director of the brand globally, uh, and Marcelo manages the business in Brazil, while I manage the business uh, outside of Brazil, US and Europe. Um, so I worked with them uh, very closely. They were, I mean, farming Brazil was growing, I mean, exponentially. Uh, today they have over 90 stores, so it's a huge business over there and it was growing a lot. Uh, a lot of catch up to do management wise. Uh, until we felt that we were ready to take the brand internationally uh, around four years ago. Uh, and that's what I've been doing ever since. Uh, okay, fantastic. Well, Farm Rio, is this is this kind of the breakout star? Tell me, let's kind of circle back because it was the idea that these three brands, distinct brands, came together to form this business. Was it about sharing resources? Was it is that kind of the focus of it all? Yes, that happened. It was, in the beginning, it was two brands, uh, Farm and Animale. Uh, today, the group the group has over 12 brands, actually. So it's a huge group. It's the biggest fashion group in Brazil. Yeah, back then, was, back then it was all about, you know, just uh, uh, leveraging, you know, all the synergies that they could have together management-wise. Uh, the, the brands were growing a lot, you know, just you know, learning from each other, too. I mean, just amazing amazing it was actually four amazing founders uh, so it was it was all about you know leveraging strategy there they have pretty much they, they have very big uh, difference in terms of positioning uh, so they could they could learn from each other you know different experiences 
uh, and just grow together in terms of resources, you know, management, back office. So it was an, it's an amazing story. So cool. And are these kind of um, business company bred uh, brands that have since sprouted up the 12 brands? Or are these aqu- acquisitions? Are these like some sort of a an internal lab? Where are they coming from? Yeah. So I think the, the biggest... I think that the biggest uh, learning from the group and what we believe a lot is having uh, brands that have a strong soul, we would say. Uh, so we, we would acquire brands uh, together with the founders. We want to make sure that the founders are very much in the business. Uh, so all the brands that we have, the founders are still in the business. They're committed to the long term of the business. Uh, we have, I mean, they, they created this partnership since the beginning and still going on even with, with the IPO. They're all part of you know the long term, uh, the long term aspect of the of the business. So some of the brands were, I mean, we, we have some of the brands that were uh, that were created organically uh, within Farm or Animale. Farm has a a kids brand in Brazil too. We can talk about it later on. Uh, but some of uh, some of the other brands were were uh, acquired uh, through the years. So you were with the brand since you you were there when, during the IPO. Like, how has that changed the business? Well, we were all we were all uh, we were all expecting it to change, but in the end of the day, I think we 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 stayed true to everything that we believe in. Like I told you, the, the all the founders are in the business. The CEO is the same CEO that you know created the group you know twelve years ago. Uh, every every everyone involved in the management of the business has been with the company for a long period of time, and I think that's that's what the investors. I mean, that's what they. Uh, that's why they invested in us because I think they believed in the team and the brands and the founders, and that's that's all uh, everything that we wanted too. You know, to to keep everyone, everyone so committed to to growing uh, their own brands, uh, and the group gives a lot of autonomy to every single brand to grow the way they feel is right. They don't want to you know over uh, overstep any you know any any step in the way. They don't want you know uh, they don't want to rush. Uh, anything on, uh, on on you know just the right way to growing a fashion brand, which we know it's 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 not a simple thing. It's not about uh, velocity. It's about doing it the right way. Well, on that note, tell me about the brand sustainability. Has it always been a focus? This happy vibe, good vibes. Was that always the focus? Yes, uh, farm was created. To, uh, I mean, some people don't 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 uh, believe in it, but farm was created uh, twenty five years ago. Uh, in a local flea market in Rio uh, by Katja and Marcelo, the founders. Uh, and it's, I mean, ever since it's been, it's been growing, it's been, you know, catching uh, everyone's attention in, in Brazil. It started very strongly in Rio uh, because that's, that's the lifestyle of the brand. Uh, if you've been to Rio, uh, Farm catches all the, all the lifestyle of the city, which is a big city. Uh, right next to you know a, a vacation uh, vacation style beaches and so it's 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 a unique lifestyle where you can dress yourself to go to the beach and then you go to a bar and sometimes you you even come from work uh, so it's it's something very unique uh, and that and that atmosphere you know brings a lot of joy to people and all that so Kachan when when she started uh, she she. She understood that a lot of the brands in Brazil were inspired by the American brands, by the European brands, and no brands were catching, you know, these vibrant colors. You know, they were not getting inspired by, you know, the nature and, you know, the fauna and flora of, of Brazil. 
Uh, and there was a huge demand for that. So she started small. Uh, like I said, uh, the, the founders created the, their, the business from scratch. So uh, they didn't have any investors. So they started small, growing one step at a time. Um, and Farm started becoming, you know, a love brand in Rio, uh, opening stores. And then they, st- they wanted to grow outside of Rio uh, to Sao Paulo, mostly, which is the biggest city of Brazil, a lot different than Rio, very business driven and all that. So they were kind of hesitant. So how is our fashion going to be perceived in Sao Paulo? Is it going to be... So the same feeling that we had before we entered the U.S., uh, they say that it's the, the feeling that they had when they were going to Sao Paulo. And it did amazing. Uh, so, it, I mean, it was it just grew exponentially. Uh, and, and and I'm talking that decades, I mean, a decade ago, I'd say. Uh, and then it grew to to the whole country of Brazil, which is a huge country, continental country, uh, today, the brand has over 90 stores, more than 1,800 points of distribution in wholesale, uh, the biggest e-com in the industry. So it's, it's I can humbly say that is the, the, the biggest, uh, the most beloved fashion brand in Brazil. And it's still growing. I mean, it's still growing. I mean, last year, we, they, they grew 35% back in Brazil, which is, I tell Marcelo, like, how do you do that 25 years down the road? <laughs> the pandemic, like, I, let, I don't know the impact in Brazil, same same as U.S. Um, and yeah, how are you navigating all of that and growing at the same time? Yeah, so the pandemic was uh, something interesting. Um, well, when we when we when we we were in very different stages in Brazil and outside of Brazil, right? In outside of Brazil, we were just launching. We had just launched in the U.S. less than a year before the pandemic started, uh, and. And we were, we were, our strategy in the beginning consisted a, consisted a lot in e-com, you know, just growing digitally, which we, 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 we didn't, we didn't have a ton of money to, to burn in opening stores or putting a lot of uh, money in acquiring customers. So uh, we started very organically uh, leveraging our biggest marketing asset, which is our product. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, we're very fortunate to have a product that it's a marketing asset by, by itself. Uh, so we were, we were with the, pro- I tell Katja, I say, Hey, 25 years ago, you created a product that was thought for the digital era. So, uh, when, when the pandemic hit and everyone turned their attention to their computers, right? I mean, everyone, all the time that you spend looking somewhere else, you're looking at your screen and talking to people through zoom and looking at your phone and all that. So I think that we had, I mean, we had a good momentum as a brand and we had the right product, the right the right uh, imagery, the right uh, you know uh, assets uh, to to for the digital world. So uh, in Brazil, we had a, already a, a huge e-com business, a huge digital business, uh, which we were ready. I mean, we were very uh, fast uh, into capturing all the customers that weren't able to go to the ninety uh, stores that uh, eighty that we had back then. Uh, in the U.S., we didn't have any store. We had only our flagship in Soho. Uh, so, but I mean, we grew, it, it, it was great that everyone turned their attention to the digital world, to the digital world, but we were already, uh, you know, playing a, a, a good part of our strategy over there. Um, uh, and it was, it was, I mean, business-wise, it was an amazing year for us because, uh, we grew three times into 12, 2020, uh, compared to 2019. And then we more than doubled again in 2021 compared to to 2020, and that just with two stores, which was uh, New York and Miami. 
so that's that's what we were fortunate for, fortunate to have uh, during the pandemic. You know, we had we had an amazing amazing product for the digital era. I would say. Yeah, and what? Tell me about that. Like product made for marketing, made for the digital era. It's about being like statement product. Is that how you would describe it? Or yeah, what 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 is fitting? Yeah, I mean it. <laughs> it's not something that we strategized for. It's something that we were ready organically. You know, uh, the 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 farm product, which we 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 call it like dressing happiness. That's our slogan: dressing happiness, because that's. That's how it started in 2019, like I told you. That's what inspired Kacha back then. Uh, and the product has been what it is. I mean, obviously evolving through the years uh, w- with fashion. Uh, but it has been that, you know, the, this bold, colorful, you know, fun uh, products. I mean, it's style, kind of style. So so when, when and, and that's why, I mean, we, even before the pandemic, back in 2010, uh, the brand was the first to have a, a very relevant presence in in the in e-com in having the e-com store being in a very relevant store back you know in the, in the beginning of you know 2010. Uh, so we were already leveraging uh, this big asset that we had uh, that, that was very authentic to the brand. We didn't have to prepare anything specifically for you know the the Facebooks and ads of the world. So. Uh, so that was just a strength that we had so much, uh, uh, so much authenticity on that we were, I mean, very, I mean, we were ready for it when, when everyone was, you know, when digital became the thing uh, during the pandemic, it was already growing, but when it became the only thing during the pandemic, uh, it was something that we, we had already learned through the years. Not only we had the product, but knowing how to use that product in the right, you know, imagery, in the right assets to perform uh, in all you know, the social medias, the ads, all the, the the channels that you have in the digital world, it's it's something that we had already you know learned a lot in the in the, in the years before the pandemic, which helped us. Tell, talk to me about that. Like, what's resonating on digital for you guys? Um, are there certain channels you're investing in Facebook and Instagram? And yeah, what type of imagery is flying? <laughs> so, I think. There was there were a few things that we worked, and I'll, I'll talk more about how we did it in the U.S., which I think it's interesting. Um, like I said, when we started expanding internationally, uh, we had to think the whole brand. Uh, we, we we the only thing that we're exporting today uh, in the U.S. is the creativity and the talent of the team in Brazil. But we have to, we had to like rethink the whole collection. Uh, you know, all the styles, because, I mean, seasonality, we're, we're always in opposite seasons, obviously. Uh, we don't have the same seasonality as as the Northern Hemisphere, I would say, have because of the heavy winter, you know, and then you have a strong uh, summer and then you have the transition seasons. So uh, we had to, I mean, Katja had to do a very deep dive on understanding those those behaviors in terms of, uh, you know, product assortment, how, how the, the you know the women are looking at this at this season, what they're looking for, and all that. Um, so so we did we did a, a whole study on wh- how wh- what to launch and how to launch in the U.S. Uh, and then our strategy. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money to spend. Like I said, it's not a culture of the group. You know, just to to spend a lot of money, acquire customers. It's not it's not how it started. It's not how it goes. So uh, we had a very we have shallow pockets. So we had to we had to leverage a lot on what we had, uh, and how to you know organically create you know this this uh, 
this awareness for the brand. Uh, and, and our strategy was doing it through the product. So we did, we did have, we, we worked a lot on, you know, the Facebooks and, and, you know, the paid medias, Facebook, but we didn't have a ton of money to spend. So we had to work on some other organic channels, like bringing the, the building the community. Uh, I know we, we talk about, about a lot about community, but uh, in this sense, we're talking about, you know, just getting, getting the product out there. It's our biggest marketing assets, like I said, you know, and, so we 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 started reaching out to people and sending products and creating that that uh, that relationship and in the end of the day, it worked so well. I mean, we weren't even expecting it worked so well because the product itself. I mean, who doesn't want to get you know a pro- farm product and and post it and share because it's different, right. it's unique, uh, it's fun, it's it's you know it shoots very well, it's bold. Uh, and we, and we started, and we started having that, I mean, not only with, you know, with all sorts of, I mean, our friends, our community, influencers, celebrities, we got, I mean, we, we, we got Sarah Jessica Parker, Jessica Alba, uh, Kelly Ripa, and every, I mean, a lot of, I mean, I don't, I can even say, I mean, so many people started wearing the product. We were like, how, how, how is that happening? Uh, right. and then we, and that's, that's when we realized, that's when we realized that, Hey, we have, we have something very you know, very unique uh, in our hands. Um, and we started, and the same thing started when we, uh, same thing happened when we started partnering with with wholesale, uh, with department stores, which we carefully, you know, curated and started working uh, with them. Uh, but it, it happens with them too. I mean, the farm, I mean, their, their audience, they engage a lot with the farm product. You can, I mean, all the metrics that we follow, we can see that, I mean, all the, the engagements uh, through social media, organic social media for them, for us, it's way above the the average, uh, because of that that aesthetics, and not only the aesthetics of the product, but the the emotion that it creates when you're wearing it, and that's how you that's what you translate in your post, right? You translate your mood, and that's the mood that we that we create in people through our products. I mean, it's such an interesting kind of dynamic, or what what's happening here? Because it's so made for the Instagram era, but then we hear a lot about. Um, even like I would say like fast fashion brands and how the Instagram TikTok era is really like fueling that concept of like a new outfit every day. Like talk to me because yeah, it, it's making a statement. It's not yet. Yeah, it's not like a one and done. You definitely have sustainability at the core. Like how do you kind of balance that to say, you know, it's such a statement look, you can wear it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so in terms of, I mean, we, we talk about there. There was a lot about net, right? The, the dopamine dressing that that people were talking about through the pandemic, and and for us it was like we're dopamine dressing since 1997. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's the that's how the brand was created, you know, for people to wear the product, you know, I mean, uh, feel good about themselves, you know, express themselves, uh, you know, build their self esteem through our products. That that's what that's what we we hear from our uh, our customers since they won in Brazil. And that's what has built the brand around. Um, and in terms of sustainability, I mean, our, our brand is, is inspired by nature. If you look at our products, you'll see all the, you know, the fauna and flora uh, codes of Brazil, you know, just being, being there. Uh, that's, what has, that's, that's what has inspired us through, through the years. And we have, I mean, we, 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 we don't call ourselves a sustainable brand. Uh, but we do have a lot of responsibility through to the environment, uh, and we have a bunch of different we have a bunch of different 
initiatives. Uh, and I'll, 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 I mean, there's a, we have our sustainable uh, sustainability report in our website that runs through all them all. The one that I'm, I'm mostly proud of in, in, in the U.S. is we, we, we plant a tree for every single purchase in the U.S. And that has made us plant more than 650,000 trees in the last uh, three and a half years. Uh, so, so far, farm is, is we, 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 we now, we made a calculation the other day that we we're planting a tree every minute. If you put together Brazil and the U S wow, uh, so crazy. this is one of the, this is a very impactful, uh, initiative that we have. And that and we do that through a bunch of different partners. Of course, we're not the best tree planters in the world. So we do through, uh, uh, partnerships in the U S we have one tree planted as our, our partner in Brazil. We have others. Now we have another uh, collaboration with a indigenous uh, tribe in Brazil uh, that is ran, ran by women uh, called the Yanawas. Uh, they they we have a collaboration with them for for many years now. That most of the profit from the collaboration goes back to them, and not only goes back to them financially, but we support them on how to uh, manage uh, their funds and create you know development for the community. Uh, and they have a they have an amazing uh, uh, beat work. I mean, they do they do beat it beat it uh, a lot of beat it. Uh, they do all sorts of of accessories actually, bracelets, necklace, and a lot of different things. So we we brought them you know uh, investment to their to their uh, supply chain. So that that's what that's what that's what developed their community. So we're helping them. So there's a bunch of different initiatives that we that we have. Uh, that, that we have in Brazil, mostly in Brazil. I mean, that's that's where we were from and that's where we want to, I mean, and, uh, nature and Brazil are, are very close to each other. Uh, so uh, so that's where we want to invest back. Uh, uh, so th- it's, we're, we're very proud of. We'll be right back after this quick break. You mentioned department stores. Uh, tell me what stores in the U.S., like, makes sense it just maybe not specifically but um in terms of teaming with um do they need to i don't know give you your own space on the floor or let you tell your brand story what's, what's essential there great um so that's that's uh something very interesting on in how we started our distribution in the u.s uh we work uh, when we started in 2019 uh, i would say it was the the peak of the dtc discussion uh, and at the same time, it's, uh, it was the, the beginning of the DTCs, IPOs, and everyone looking at the numbers, and they were like, uh, and that's and that's how we started in Brazil. If you look back, we started DTC in Brazil in 2019. We had only our own, you know, our own stores. We started wholesale, uh, I think, in 2010. Uh, but in the U.S., that would that would a lot of investment will be needed if we want to start only DTC. Uh, especially if we started opening stores, uh, the the cheap online growth was already gone by 2019. Uh, digital, the digital world was already very expensive. Uh, so we started with a multi-channel approach. So we opened, like I said, we we started with opening our flagship in Soho, uh, in Prince Street, uh, which uh, could that which told which tells the whole brand story. Uh, and brings everything that farm is to life, you know, in a very tangible way. Uh, so that was that, and that was very important because not only for customers, but for all stakeholders that we were presenting ourselves to, uh, they could experience what the brand was all about in that store. Uh, together with that, obviously, we 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 were we invested heavily in ecom, uh, but wholesale was very important for us. 
because wholesale uh, has you know already a great audience. Uh, it's a it's a you know it's a uh, an audience that is uh, the, the that is a fashion customer. They're looking for new brands. They're looking for what's happening in the world. Uh, and and we 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 needed to present our our brand to them. Uh, and we if we did it on our own, that would cost a lot of money. That would take some time. Uh, and so that that's why we started, and we wanted to do it the right way, like you said. We didn't want to, you know, just, sell, just put our product out there and, and and see how it goes. So we started partnerships. We didn't start, you know, just customer, uh, just a customer relationship. We started partnerships. Uh, we with you know the 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 best department stores in the U.S. I would say. Uh, we started our first one was Shopbot. It was actually online, um, and that we had a, a good launch. That we had a great launch with them and a very nice campaign. And then, and then we started with the physical ones, uh, starting with Saks, then the Neiman, then Nordstrom. But every single one of them recreated a unique experience uh, inside their stores. Uh, so we had we had all sorts of pop ups. We still have there are a few more to come. Uh, but we had pop ups. Uh, we had activations. We have our own, you know, our own spaces that we can. Uh, that we can we can create a little bit of the farm environment within their depart the, the, their stores, uh, which helps which helps explain uh, which helps explains what those all those bold products uh, what is it about you know it's not only about the the, the product itself it's about the lifestyle and that and, and everything that we believe on so that was that's that's something that that we want to keep growing actually I mean the partnerships. Uh, because I think that that's a good thing for both sides. Yeah, it's interesting. You're in this interesting space where I know retailers, like they're looking to diversify in terms of maybe beyond uh, European brands that maybe have this stuffy exclusive <laughs> factor. Like mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just about like race and ethnicity, but also kind of like be more global and international and less vanilla. <laughs> is this working mm-hmm. to your advantage? Would you say, are you hearing from retailers that that's working for you or that's a draw? Oh, uh, definitely. Uh, I think that's one of the, I mean, that's one of the secrets of, of our successful story in the last two, three years in the U S it's like, like, like I said, it's a unique brand. It's a new story. It's a different story. And it's a very strong story because we're not, I, I, I I like to think as the uh, uh, I like to think a brand as a person, right? Uh, when when you're 25 years old, you know a lot more about yourself than when you're three, four, ten years old, right? So farm is farm is uh, it's very strong uh, on on the branding side. I mean, we we know a lot of what we are, what we we're not, uh, what's the whole uh, lifestyle that we cater. Uh, so it's and and telling that story in such a strong way. Uh, with such sophisticated, you know, messaging, assets, imagery, and V and visual merchandising, it's it's something that I think caught everyone surprised, uh, and the customer and the customer definitely responded, uh, and that was a great thing for us. That was definitely a great thing for the department stores because uh, it's something it's something new and something very exciting, and and now there and 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 then we started and that and we started with a, just a part of farm. I mean, we have. We have a uh, we have a sixteen hundred SKUs collection in Brazil, and we have a three hundred SKUs collection in the U.S. So we 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 brought a, a piece of farm, and as as we go, we're gonna tell more and more uh, new stories about the brand and the lifestyle 
So there's there's a lot of exciting things to come. Nice. Bring it on. Give the people what they want. Like it's so, it is refreshing to hear because we hear a lot from brands about even moving toward more evergreen product as supply chain is yeah, risky business right now. Um, and I just keep talking about, oh my gosh, the blanding of fashion. Can we get more bland? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's all very refreshing to hear. Talk to me about the contemporary space in particular, because, you know, you hear in trying economic times, um, you know, there's a squeezing of the contemporary market and either people are shopping the cheapest of the cheap. We're hearing luxuries thriving. Like, it sounds like what you're doing is working, but yeah, is there, I don't know, any experience maybe in, in prior economic ter- turmoil in terms of the landscape? How would you describe where the contemporary fits in this in this world? Yeah, I mean, I heard that a lot uh, when we were doing you know, strategic planning our our uh, our entrance in the U.S. Uh, but I think what we what we try to to offer as 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 uh, as a value for the customer, it's a upper I would say a upper contemporary pr- product. Because I mean, they're, they're, if you look at our product, it's it's sophisticated. Those prints. I mean, we have a thirty people department designing, drawing prints from scratch every single day. So it takes a lot of effort. I don't know how they do it because it takes a lot of effort. Uh, it's a lot of amazing people over there, um, and so it's it's a uh, and uh, and with with you know sophisticated uh, uh, fabrics, sophisticated styles. So it's a upper it's a it's a upper contemporary product with a middle contemporary, I would say, uh, price point. Uh, so with that, we were able to uh, be the high of the low and the low of the high. Uh, and we hear that about the department stores too, because there's a lot of overlap uh, between our, our customers and the luxury customers. You know, they go and they get, you know, uh, a they wear farm with a Gucci purse, with a Chanel purse, and uh, and and also, you know, the, the, the opening contemporary uh, customer, uh, they see our product, you know, as an occasion dress, as an occasion product. So we were able to be playing a little bit on both spaces, uh, and that that it's that it's working uh, very well well for us. And obviously, as we go, we're going uh, we're going to our fourth year in the market. We've been learning a lot too. We've been getting data. We've been talking to our customers. We've been hearing from them and. We've been uh, able to we're we're adjusting our product mix to better cater uh, to those two types of customers that we're that we're looking at. Uh, but in the in the end of the day, Jill, I, I think that our customer is is uh, is the dressing happiness customer. Is that customer that wants you know to express themselves through the prints and through the the silhouettes and feel you know that joy of wearing uh, wearing that product and. Again, when when the pandemic started, we were like, "Oh, who is gonna wear you know our products at home?" Uh-huh. Uh, and and it was another example of people want to dress in happiness anytime, anywhere. Uh, and we're very and and as a matter of fact, uh, we're very excited. We're gonna launch our first ski collection Ooh. late November. Nice. So yeah, we're it's gonna be it's it's gorgeous. So you see, it's it's amazing uh, and. And again, it's going to be another time. I mean, who doesn't want to, you know, dressing happiness when they're going down the slopes? So uh, it's going to be, we're excited to to see a little colors in, in, in the slopes this winter. 
Nice. I'm like, yeah, people want to wear it at home, bring some happiness to this Zoom world. <laughs> but um, <laughs> exactly, it's interesting that you mentioned like the printmakers, the pattern makers. Like, to what extent is the company like vertically inter- integrated? You're doing all the manufacturing in house. You mentioned some partners for, um, you know, your tree planting and such. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, tell me about your what you're doing in house. Um, I mean, the whole business is pretty much vertically integrated. Um, we do, we have our own. We it's very we we hardly ever work with agencies. Uh, we're I mean through the years we started doing the things in our own ways, uh, and so we have the the print we have. I mean, Farm Real in Brazil has over eighteen hundred employees, so we do have all everything in house. We do have the print department that designs prints all. Uh, Every single day, we have the product development. Uh, you know the pattern makers, the uh, every 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 single point of uh, product development is, is in house in Brazil. Uh, all the design team, uh, marketing team, everything. Uh, so what in the international market? What we're doing is we're part. Of, I mean, that's. I mean, we have such a strong sense of what the brand is. Uh, but when we go internationally, we need to understand what the market is, right? We gotta we gotta partner with people that understand the market. Uh, so that's what we've been doing in the U.S. and in Europe. We've been partnering with with agencies and with with other stakeholders uh, that could bring us, you know, the knowledge of the market, you know, just the experience of the market, you know, just uh, just understanding. Uh, how everything, I mean, every single place has its, its own codes, right? One thing, one, one thing is what we think it is. Another thing is for the, the person that lives there, it's what actually means for that place, right? So, so this, this, uh, all this knowledge we're getting uh, from partners and while we're still growing our small offices uh, outside of Brazil. Yes. Well, you're <laughs> opening stores too. You mentioned the stores in the New York flagship, also the Miami store. I know you recently opened one in... LA, Venice area, yeah. Or yeah. what's happening Venice there? Beach. Are there more coming? Yep. Yes. Uh, so for in the US, I mean, we like I said, we grew very fast uh, in the last two years through e-common wholesale. Uh, and now uh, our plan for the next few years is to uh, expand our store footprint. We want to open between twenty to forty stores within the next four years, depending on you know the locations that we find the good negotiations that we can do uh but we want to expand we need to expand our our store footprint to because the customer wants to be closer to us you know nowadays with all the omni experience they want to be able to try it in store they want to be able to return in store they want to be able to be you know shipped faster from the store so there's a lot that the stores can do nowadays and we 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 save that for last uh because from a financial perspective Opening store is a big investment, you know, with with everything that you gotta that you gotta do. Uh, and now that we already have a good audience in the U.S., you know, we have our customers, uh, we can open those stores and and be profitable from from the beginning, uh, which helps a lot uh, compared to three four years ago. Uh, so that's the plan for the U.S. And in in Europe, uh, we're starting. Uh, like we started in the US three three years ago, so we're starting our we're, we're opening flagships in in London and Paris uh, next year, together with uh, you know just just accelerating our e-com and digital presence, uh, and having very we're very very nice partnerships uh, in, with wholesale. We just had we just had a uh, we just had an amazing pop up at Le Bon Marché in Paris that went through from 
April to July was at 240 square meters, like 2,500 uh, uh, square feet store. Uh, that did amazingly well. And now there were, we're, we're looking at the odd new partnerships in other, uh, other countries, mainly Milan and London. Uh, so starting from, from the cap, the, the fashion capitals of, of the world. Right. <laughs> uh, so that's, and that's the plan for Europe, uh, kind of the same steps that we took in the U S uh, and later, and later on also, uh, expanding our store presence over there. Uh, obviously, taking into account the, the taking into account the the specifics of each uh, single country that is different from from the other, right? The success of Le Bon Marche, like no surprise. I was just in Paris. The shopping that is happening there, my God! <laughs> Did you see it? I mean, I didn't. Oh, see in Paris, it. just in Paris, in Paris overall, my God! Yeah, <laughs> it's wild. Yeah, I mean, people, people. I mean, that that's happening this year, right? And that's uh, that's that. The, the good side that we got uh, through the pandemic about the digital world, I mean, we're feeling that we wished we had more stores now because people are back in the streets, right? And they're, and they're so excited. I mean, the stores are, I mean, the three stores that, we're, that we have are doing amazing. And we're like, oh, why don't we have 20 or 30 uh, by now? So, uh, yeah, the streets are packed, I think. I mean, I think physical retail is, is definitely back. And, I mean, you can see the numbers everywhere, right? I would agree. What are your plans for holiday? Well, a lot of the holidays are gonna are gonna evolve around our ski launch. Yes. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's something that we're excited about. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be our first collection. It's looking. Uh, I, I wish I could I could show you. It's it's looking amazing. Uh, and uh, so that's that's what we're gonna be doing. Uh, we're gonna have a pop up in Saks Fifth Avenue in January, around the around the the ski collection. Uh, we also have a partnership with uh, with Netaporte uh, going on uh, online uh, with with the mainly in Europe and the US uh, around the, the ski launch too. Uh, but we're also excited about our fall collection. Uh, we've been uh, that that was something that was a challenge for us in the beginning, right? How how is farm going to be in fall and winter? I would say and. And our collection is looking every year is looking better than the other. Learning from the customer, you know, learning from from the data, and so there's there's a there's a very nice collection coming in with sweaters. Our sweaters are, I mean, it's 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 very nice. Uh, and I can I can humbly say it because I don't put a hand on the product. So <laughs> it's all it's all the it's all the creative team. So it's so that's that's what's coming up, and it's we're we're excited. Uh, we're excited. I think. Uh, the customers, uh, the customers, like I said, they're back in the streets. Uh, they're going to be, I'm sure they're going to be packing, you know, our stores and department stores. And uh, so we're, we're looking forward to it. Good for you. A lot of growth happening. Just gosh, if you had to say like your projections for all of 2022, you have far surpassed 2019. Like where are you going to land? Uh, well, I can't say much because now as a as a public company I'll be in oh, trouble. Right. But <laughs> but we we what I can say is we started uh, I can give you a few numbers. I mean, we started in 2019 when we launched. Uh we had an 8 million dollar revenue. We finished last year above 50 million. Uh and this year will be we're going to be close to to the three digit growth. So it's it's uh yeah, it's 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 we're we're excited. We're excited. Uh, we're we're already planning for 2023. We're already planning for 2024. There are a few things that we're working. Few very nice projects uh, already being planned for 2024. 
So the demand for the brand is, it's, 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 it's actually the hardest thing for myself is saying no, because the demand for the brand is so high and there's so many opportunities uh, for us to grow worldwide that just, you know, managing the priorities and doing everything the right way. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm grateful that I have a great group, a great group behind me uh, and a great CEO in, in the group CEO that, that, that is patient for us to take the right steps uh, so that we, we're, we're, we keep growing the brand the right way and being here for, for the long term. We want to be well positioned, you know, with everything that we believe on the right way uh, worldwide uh, within the next few years. But we got to do it one step at a time. Yeah, well, being in a growing brand is a great, great place to be this day and age. You are going to be traveling a lot, from what I understand. <laughs> but yeah, congrats. That's right. Congrats to you guys. And yeah, <laughs> thanks so much for being here, Fabio. Thank you so much, too. It was a pleasure. It was great. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.